0: Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Our sermon lesson is from Matthew chapter 2. When they, that is the Magi, had gone, Through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled a voice is heard in Rama, weeping and great mourning rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more after herod died an angel of the lord appeared in a dream to joseph in egypt and said get up take the child and his mother and go to the land of israel So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of our Lord. You can learn a lot from someone who doesn't say much. I'm thinking about that person who just keeps to themselves, but has a lot of wisdom to give. Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, is one of those people. He typically goes unnoticed in the Bible. When the manger scene is depicted, Joseph is somewhere in the background. When Mary is riding on the donkey with Jesus in her arms, Joseph is there to help her on and off. Then, when the Gospel writers get to Jesus' life as an adult, Joseph is nowhere to be found. Now we don't know what happened to Joseph later in life. Our best guess is that he may have died an early death. So we're left with just this, Joseph in and out of the picture in just two chapters of Matthew's gospel. But you know what is really interesting? Joseph never speaks in scripture. The angels speak to Joseph, but we never hear a word from Joseph. But don't take that to mean we can't learn a thing or two from Joseph. In Matthew chapter 2, which we just read, God teaches us a valuable lesson through Joseph. Now, it seemed that Joseph, in the little that we do see him in Scripture, was always at the center of a crisis— Joseph was in the middle of a terrible crisis when he found out that his fiancée, Mary, was pregnant, but they had never slept together. Joseph was actually going to quietly divorce Mary, so she didn't face public disgrace. But that's when God stepped in with his plan. God appeared to Joseph in a dream. Listen as I read a portion of Matthew chapter 1. Because Joseph... And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So, Joseph, listen, he took Mary home to be his wife and baby Jesus was born. And everything goes great, right? I mean, God's your kid, so it's all good, right? Wrong. You see, it didn't take long into the life of Christ for Joseph to find himself in yet the middle of another terrible crisis. The Magi had told King Herod about the new king of the Jews who had been born. Now, if there was any king who would get angry about that, it was Herod. They called called him Bloody Herod for a reason. He had risen to the throne in Jerusalem by shedding blood with his armies, and he had kept the throne by shedding the blood of his own family. He killed one of his wives and three of his own sons because he feared they were plotting against him. He was always paranoid. It was reported by the emperor Augustus that sadly, it was better to be Herod's dog than one of his own children. So when Herod heard the news of the new king of the Jews born, well, he earned the name bloody Herod again. In his anger, scripture tells us he gave order to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. That's when God stepped in with his plan. He sent an angel of the Lord to appear to Joseph in a dream before young Jesus could be harmed. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. This was the second time God spoke to Joseph in a dream. Now, before we unpack a valuable lesson that we can learn from Joseph, can we hit rewind just for a moment? Because you see, the first time God in his word described Joseph in the Bible, well, did you catch how God described him? First, we read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, that Joseph was faithful. The very first descriptor God uses in scripture for Joseph was to call him a faithful man. What a testament to his character. He was a man faithful to God. And then when God speaks to Joseph himself one verse later, did you hear how God calls him? He calls him Joseph, son of David, which is interesting because the name of Joseph's biological father was actually Jacob. But do you see what God wanted Joseph to be doing? Well, he was reminding Joseph first of who he is. He was in the line of the family of the great King David. David, who was fearless when he stood toe to toe with the giant Goliath, protecting the sons of God who stood behind him. Now let's fast forward to the lesson that we learn from Joseph after God speaks to him in the dream the second time. Did you hear what God was calling Joseph to do? God was calling him to follow in the footsteps of his ancestor, David. God was telling Joseph, protect my son. So, Joseph wakes up. He wakes up from his dream and he does what a faithful man of God does. He responds with faith, in faith, just as he did after the first dream. Here, we learn our lesson from Joseph. Faith is following God's command, even when it isn't easy. Faith is being brave for God, even when the circumstances are scary. Joseph was brave. He was brave as he protected Jesus, but it wasn't easy. Think about this flight to Egypt. It wasn't a quick trip like we think of flights today. With his young wife and his adopted son at his side, they walk hundreds of miles across the desert and Joseph was always watching his back. When they stopped for the night, how good of sleep do you think Joseph got? Remember, these are Herod's men who are after them. How well do you think you would sleep if an enemy nation's special forces was coming after your kid? You can see Jesus Holding baby Jesus close, saying, No, no, Mary, Jesus is sleeping in my arms tonight. Joseph kept Jesus close because this wasn't just his adopted son, this was his Savior. Jesus was everything to him. That's why he held Joseph close. That's why Joseph held Jesus close and protected him. Apply the lesson from Joseph to our lives. Would you do the same? Would you keep Jesus close and protect him? Well, of course I would, you say. But now let me ask you if you do. Do you in your life today? Do you keep Jesus close, hanging on his every word? Or is Jesus more like that friend you just want to see every few weeks? Do you keep Jesus close, speaking to him in prayer every day, or is Jesus more like that no name 911 operator, you just call when there's an emergency? Is Jesus always by your side? Or do you ask Jesus to maybe go in the other room when you don't want him to hear what you're about to say or see what you're about to do? Do you follow through on being known in your life as a Christian? Or by what you say and do, my people wonder what Jesus is really teaching you. Do you keep Jesus close? Do you protect him like Joseph? We say we'll keep Jesus close and we'd say we'd protect him, but too often we leave him out to dry to the point where he's in a place in our life cut off just like those innocent boys from Bethlehem. Joseph now was described by God in God's word as a man faithful to God. If God put you in the Bible, would he describe you as the same? Righteous, faithful. Listen, Joseph was righteous and faithful, a man of the son of David. But don't take that to mean that Joseph was out slinging swords and and throwing stones like David killing off Herod's men. Now, he was a carpenter, an ordinary man, but he had an extraordinary faith that rested in God, that God would protect him. Just as Joseph held Jesus close and protected him, Joseph needed his God to hold him close and protect him. Joseph needed a God-given miracle to help him get God's son away from Herod's wrath and keep him alive. And a miracle is exactly what Joseph received. And in the same way, you and I need a miracle. We need a miracle to get away from God's wrath and stay alive because of our sin. And the miracle of God's grace is, well, exactly what we receive. That's what this story of Joseph really shows us. It shows us that God kept Jesus safe. He wouldn't let your Savior die before his plans were fulfilled. God's grace, you see it moving and acting even before Jesus could move and walk. God's grace would keep on acting throughout the rest of Jesus' life as well, all the way to the empty tomb, where God proved that the death of Jesus counts for you, where God declared to you, you are forgiven, and now, He announces the promise that you are righteous. You are a righteous man and woman because you don't have the righteousness of Joseph. What you have is the righteousness of Jesus. Yes, you and I needed a miracle to have Christ's righteousness. So God worked that miracle out in our lives through our baptism when you became what Joseph knew Jesus was, a child of God. Still today, you and I need that faith, to keep a firm grip on God's gracious promises. And here too, God works his miracle again. Every day that you receive God's word, that you hear of the forgiveness of sins, well, God is protecting you, his child, through his word. He still today seeks you out when you're wandering, when you're weak, and he fills your ears and your heart with the exact portions of scripture that you needed to hear. I mean, haven't you ever heard a sermon or heard a song and thought, wow, I really needed to hear that message from God. That's God's miraculous working in your life through his word. And it's no less of a miracle than when God worked in Jesus's life through the word that came to Joseph. Now, no doubt, Joseph still had doubts throughout his life, how they were gonna make it safe. I mean, after all, He's a carpenter, he has a young wife and a young son, and he's on the run from bloody Herod. Similarly, no doubt, as Christians, you'll have doubts too. Are you gonna make that? Are you gonna make it through life and to our heavenly destination? On the last day, will you be found with faith? What does God think of me when I fail? Perhaps you have the fear of losing Jesus and it's just as real as it was for Joseph. And that's why God gives us an example of a man like Joseph, a man who kept Jesus close. This new year, what if you made it your number one goal to be like Joseph and keep Jesus close by hearing, reading, and studying God's word and receiving his savior through the Lord's Supper? Why do we want to keep Jesus close? While Jesus is just a baby boy in Matthew chapter 2, you know who this little boy Jesus was, is, and was going to grow up to be. He is our savior who wouldn't need protection. He is the king of kings who regained his throne and is the one right now protecting you. Yes, this one would grow up to fight for us and be the valiant one whom God himself elected. He would prove himself as the true son of the shepherd King David. He would go out onto the battlefield, standing between Satan and the children of God. And he did fight in your place and mine. And that really is what's happening here in Matthew chapter 2. This is, even at this point, Jesus versus the devil. Because we know that the devil was behind any attacks on Jesus' life. Herod was just the devil's pawn. The devil knew that when Jesus was born, the war was on. And so in Matthew 2, the devil... Tried to stop him, and yet he could chalk this up to his first loss to Jesus, and it wouldn't be his last. Similarly, the devil looks to sow seeds of doubt in your life. He does it again and again, and he would do so all the way throughout Jesus' life, up into the point that he was on the cross. But there, Jesus crushed his head. There, Jesus rose on Easter morning, and he proved that the war was over. Jesus now holds the field forever. He held it when he was a little baby boy being carried to Egypt, and he held it still as a grown man walking out of the grave. Still today, he holds the victory as the devil learns again and again and again, you can't beat Jesus or get rid of him. Because of that, you can't touch Jesus' followers. Look, there are still a lot of Herods today in this world who want to wipe out Jesus. But God, in Matthew chapter 2, teaches us a lesson. It's this, that's not gonna happen. His church will stand forever. The word of God will endure forever. No matter what 22 throws at you, remember that. Remember that the next time you are worried. Remember that the next time you're worried about your faith. Remember that the next time you wonder, has Jesus lost me? Remember that the next time you're worried about the state of the Christian church. Yes, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, but you have a shepherd, the son of David, who does what David did, but better. He kills lions to keep his lamb safe. With the way our church's worship calendar is set up this year, from now until June, all our worship series are gonna have us diving even deeper into all of these ways that Jesus works in our lives. But for today, let's just learn a lesson from Joseph, the man who teaches us to keep Jesus close, the man who teaches us to trust that God will protect his children. Praise God for Joseph, the man who teaches us quite a lot, and he didn't even have to say a word, amen.